You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the PharmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in PharmD Nation to episode number 38 of the PharmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. There is a lot of information available to people when it comes to tax planning and tax strategies. Unfortunately, not all of that information is very reliable. This usually results in the spread of a lot of tax myths that people gravitate toward and act on, which could do substantial damage to their tax planning goals down the road. So in this episode, we're going to take a look at some of the more common tax myths out there today. And to help with that, I am excited to introduce our episode guest, Scotty Sykes. Scotty is a certified public accountant with Sykes & Company. He is actively involved in all areas of pharmacy accounting with an emphasis on high-level advisory for pharmacy clients. Scotty, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Derek. Thanks for having me today. Before we jump in, uh, can you give the audience just a little more background on yourself, Sykes and Company, and the type of work you guys do? Sure. So, uh, currently a shareholder here at Sykes and Company. We are an accounting firm that specializes in pharmacy accounting, tax, and advisory all over the country. So, all we do is uh, independent retail pharmacies, uh, compounders, long-term care, any any of the above, really. Um, and uh, that's our specialty. We have about 46 folks, about 13 CPAs, uh, and this is all we do. We eat, sleep, and breathe, anything pharmacy related. Can I ask how long has your company been in existence and how did you guys uh, niche into the pharmacy industry? Yeah, my dad started back uh, 1985, I believe it was, so we've been around quite a long time, and we, you know, my dad got one of his first clients was a pharmacy and it had about 60% gross margin. He's and he thought to himself, this is really great. And, uh, you know, and then, and then, uh, we, we built ourselves as we got a reputation in the area or in the region rather, uh, for fixing pharmacies, troubled pharmacies. And then that just spread nationwide. So now we are uh, a full nationwide, uh, firm here for pharmacies. So to, uh, to jump right in, when we talk about tax myths, like I mentioned before, there are a lot out there. And last I checked, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Internal Revenue Code or tax code is over 4,000 pages long. And I think it's impossible to think that the average American has the time and capacity to learn everything they wish they knew about taxes. And I think it's for that reason why there are a lot of tax myths out there that are so easily spread. I also think there is a large thanks to social media outlets that allow for a lot of this misinformation to be spread when it comes to taxes. And one of the more common tax myths that I have seen recently is the thought that you can buy personal property and deduct that personal property through a side business that you started. For example, I recently saw somebody on social media claim that they bought a brand new truck for themselves And they claim that they're going to deduct that truck through their side business of selling baseball cards online, followed by the hashtag, how the rich stay rich. And there were a ton of comments on that social media post of people buying into that. Can you help clear that up for us a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, the the IRS tax code is extremely complex. And, I, you know, when when if anybody tells me they do their own taxes, I cringe because 
I mean, we 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 have thirteen CPAs here. We we specialize in many areas of tax, but I can't imagine doing your own tax return, really, uh, especially if you got businesses involved and things like that. But down to down to the the vehicle situation, you know, flat out that you know that's tax fraud. So you you, you do not want to go down a, a path that is tax fraud. Uh, you know that that can really lead to some uh, consequences you do not want to want to face and penalties, interest, things like that, or maybe even worse, depending on the the nature of the fraud. But uh, you know your vehicle has to be business use. Uh, you have to be able to document that business use. Uh, and the first thing an IRS auditor is going to do when they come audit you and you've got a vehicle that you're writing off, they're going to say, all right, show me the mileage log. Let me see the documentation on that vehicle. And if you can't produce that, they most likely are going to say, well, you're not going to, you know, we're going to disallow this deduction for this vehicle. So, you know, the, Hey, yeah, yeah. Deduct that vehicle all you want, but you better have some documentation that's going to support that business use um, and show the IRS that it's a valid uh, business vehicle. So deducting any sort of asset, specifically ones that are personal, is not as easy as just starting a business and running that deduction through some entity you just created. There's a lot more that goes into it, and the IRS probably does a pretty good job of keeping an eye out for situations like that and really hitting people hard who end up trying to move that through. Right. You know, they're going they're going to disallow it. They're going to, you know, hit you with penalties and interest. And depending on the level of the material materiality that's involved, you know, they could go back and audit several, several years. So, um, you know, that could open a can of worms. And another area, uh, Derek, that we run into is is meals. Uh, you see a lot of folks taking advantage of meals. And again, uh, if you're going to deduct a meal, which is currently 100% this year, but if you're going to deduct any business meals, you need to have some documentation involved in that. You know, who was there? What did you to talk about? The nature of the, the conversations, you know, the more documentation, a copy of the receipt. You have to have those in your file. I have seen audits where the IRS has gone in and it disallowed several thousand dollars of business meals because no documentation was, was had for those. Um, and so that's just an easy, easy area for the IRS to, to get you on. Another area that I think is commonly misunderstood specifically for people that are preparing for retirement is a lot of people believe that they will always pay less in tax in retirement compared to what they're paying right now. So they really don't believe in the value of tax planning, knowing that when they get to retirement, they don't have to worry about it anymore. But obviously that's not always the case, right? Oh, certainly not always the case. And, you know, somebody's going to have to be paying for all these, uh, you know, the spending bills we're seeing, the deficit this country's facing. You know, somebody's going to have to end up paying it, our children, us, our children, whoever it may be. And that's likely going to mean increased tax rates. So, yes, I mean, you've got to expect tax rates are going to be going up in the future. When that'll be, who knows, but in the future, uh, and doing what you can now to protect your wealth down the road in, in many ways, including tax, tax savings. Yeah, that's a great point. And a lot of, I guess, one big area that a lot of people don't know are the required minimum distribution rules. A lot of people think that they get into retirement and they can control their spending and they can control what type of income gets put on their tax return. 
then all of a sudden they hit age 72 and the IRS comes knocking and say, you have to pull a specific amount out of your 401k or your IRA every single year, whether you want to take that money as income or not. And a lot of people look at that and they go, well, I didn't anticipate this. It's going to throw me in a lot higher income tax bracket. And there's really nothing you can do about it at that time. That's exactly right. So the IRS is going to tell you, uh, you know, the government wants their money. They're going to tell you, you have to take money out of your accounts. And there, there's some accounts like uh, maybe a Roth IRA or something like that, where the rules are a little different. So like you said, that planning is huge. You know, planning when you retire is a whole, whole nother area outside of just, uh, you know, if you're a business owner and you're doing some planning here and there, that retirement planning is a huge piece. And, and Derek, you know that very well being uh, in that financial uh, planning space that you're in. Yeah. And it's something where the more time you give yourself to plan out what your future looks like, the better opportunity you have to make small moves that can compound on each other to make a huge difference in a positive way in your financial future. I was going to say, you know, while we're on that, I mean, I really love the Roth IRAs, the Roth 401ks, because you're getting that, you know, after tax contribution into your accounts. But, you know, when you take that out, hopefully, you know, good Lord, they can change the laws one day. But hopefully, you know, when you take that out, it's it's non-taxable. So those are extremely powerful now, especially if you're a younger uh, pharmacy pharmacist out there putting away money for your retirement. Oh, yeah, you're exactly right. And the other powerful thing with Roth IRAs that people don't see its value until they get older in life is it's an asset that your kids can inherit and they don't have to worry about distributing that money over a 10-year period and completely throwing themselves into a higher tax bracket with that inheritance money. So it's money that not only you can spend hopefully tax-free for the rest of your life, but maybe it's something that your kids can use for themselves and their family tax-free for a significant portion of their life as well. Another, Another myth that I get often when it comes to taxes is people believing that they can file an extension on their tax return, which means that they don't have to pay their tax bill until that extension gets filed. So I've had people tell me that they, again, they come off as being the smartest person in the room where they go, I file an extension on my tax returns, which means I get to keep more of my money longer, which means I get to invest it and make more before I actually get to hand it over to the IRS. But that isn't necessarily the case. Absolutely not. I tell anybody that that does an extension here at Sykes & Company, we say, you know, an extension is an extension to file, not an extension to pay. You have got to pay. Um, And so- that's rule, you know. That's the first thing that comes out of my mouth anytime we face a, an extension situation with a client. So, extension to file, but not to pay. And if you if you're not paying, and you end up owing down the road there when you do file, maybe October fifteenth, the due date of that extension for your personal uh, penalties and interest can accrue, um, which you know can be very can be material depending on the the amount of tax that you're going to owe. Oh, you're exactly right. And it's not worth it to think you're Mm -hmm. going to be able to earn more interest or more rate of return on that money over that short period of time that will get you in the green compared to what the IRS can take from you in penalty. It's just too big of a risk, in my opinion. Exactly. And and just keep in mind, the IRS is the world's worst creditor. (laughs) Yes. Pay pay your taxes and move on. So if you're thinking about uh, applying for an extension on your tax returns, just know that you're going to have to pay your tax bill, even if you get that extension, if you believe you're going to end out owing money to the IRS. And if you don't, they're going to come knocking to collect those dollars and a penalty along with it. Yep. One of the uh, other tax myths, and you'll know way more about this than I do, just because of the profession you're in, is 
I have a lot of people that I talk to that believe CPAs are all the same. All CPAs are experts when it comes to income tax. And if you know a CPA and you have a tax question about your personal income tax situation, go to that CPA because they're going to be able to answer it. But I don't think that's true. I think a lot of CPAs end up specializing in specific areas of accounting. And some, like Sykes and Company, specialize in working with just business owners in a specific niche like pharmacy. So can you expand on that? Am I right in my thinking that not all CPAs are created equal? You're exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why we niche because, A, we, I mean, we love working in this industry. We know this industry, but the when, when new tax laws or new tax changes come up, we're looking at that strictly from a pharmacy point of view. And I can weed out the real estate, the restaurant, anything that deals with anything outside of pharmacy, I can weed it out and I can narrow our focus down on those areas. But the, the tax law, like we were saying from the beginning, is so vast, uh, it's, it's impossible to, to know everything. So you do have to find someone that's going to meet your particular needs, uh, your special situation that has that experience. Maybe it's real estate or whatever it is. Uh, I can tell you that here at Sykes Company with 13 CPAs, we have an individual tax director, we have a corporate tax director, a partnership tax director, we have our you know, tax credit specialists, so on and so forth. So we, we specialize in buckets, those, those areas, and you have to have that. Uh, there's no way one person, can, one person can know every single area. Um, and, 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 and you multiply that by the different industries, you know, it can... <laughs> It's, it's extremely difficult and the tax laws only get more complicated. Oh, you're exactly right. And I come across this all the time in my industry where people claim they know it all and they can do everything. And in the end, they can't do anything very well at all. Right. Kind of like if, if you went into the hospital and you needed heart surgery and an orthopedic surgeon walked in, you kind of think to yourself, well, what's going on here? This doesn't seem right. The same rules apply to your finances and to your tax planning. You want somebody who specializes in what your specific needs are because the overall landscape is too vast for anybody to know everything about everybody's situation. And working with a professional who understands the specifics of what you need is going to help you maximize the benefits and the outcomes you're looking for, regardless of what that is. You're exactly right, Derek. And, and you know, the internet has allowed people in small towns or people anywhere to, to go out and find specialists in the areas they're looking for. So there's absolutely no reason to go out and find those people that can meet your needs in, in your particular area or specialty or, or whatever it is. And, and just like what you're doing uh, there with pharmacy for pharmacists and like we're doing with pharmacies here, uh, you know, there, there's that specialization and it's out there. It's just, it's right there on the internet. And that's a perfect segue, Scotty. So if there are listeners out here right now listening to this podcast and they're pharmacy owners and they're looking at bringing on some sort of partner, a CFO type of partner, and they want to learn more about you and the work you do and the work that Sykes and Company does, where can they go to get that information? Yeah, sykes-cpa.com. So www.sykes-cpa.com. That's our website. We have numerous media resources out there. We're pushing out videos all the time, articles, everything's pharmacy specific. So uh, great resource, free resource. Uh, Obviously, you can get in touch with us there. You can schedule a call with me there. And uh, so any, anything you need is going to be really right there for the pharmacy owner. But again, all we do is for, specialize in pharmacy, uh, back office, accounting, bookkeeping, tax, advisory, 
tax plannings, uh, pharmacy specialized tax credits. So uh, that's that's our bread and butter, and that's all we do day in and day out. Well, it's very impressive from my end watching what you guys do for the pharmacy industry and the the company you've built and where you guys are going and all the great work you do. So thank you for that. And thank you, Scotty, for joining the PharmD Money podcast today. Thanks, Derek, for having me. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself or FarmDFP, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmdfp.com with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.